0: Queer mo, it's is the Queer mo cast. It's the Queer mo it's the Queer mo cast. Welcome to the Queer mo cast. With KJ and Shim Sham, with KJ and Shim Sham. Yeah! bum bum. <laughs>
1: good morning kj
0: oh hello good morning and welcome to the, the queer, queer Mo Mo cast. cast oh
1: i am your host shim sham Shimko. I was just joking before that I'm renaming all of my friends as my children and giving them my last name. So I was going to introduce KJ as KJ Shimko, but I've changed my mind. Okay.
0: And then to my left, I have I am um KJ Shimsham. How about that? Uh, no. Uh... KJ
1: Shimsham.
0: <laughs> uh I am KJ. It's wonderful to be here. This is going to be our final episode of 2022 mama 2022 oh my goodness it's actually it's wild to think about that because i feel like it hasn't been that long since we started recording these in a lot of ways also jay and i just looped back around to some of the holiday movies that we only watch around this time i was like Mm -hmm. didn't we just watch this not that long ago and no it's been a year it's Benny I
1: know we are now old people where time has no meaning. <laughs> I still hear in Eau Claire we have not had a blockbuster and at least at least is it 15 years? Maybe 20? Um, and I still refer to a certain location in this town as where Blockbuster used to be. So <laughs> that is where we're at. Uh, I know exactly timelines. what you're
0: talking about, too. Because <laughs> I know exactly, exactly. where we're Exactly, yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Where
0: Blockbuster...
1: It, it will always be where Blockbuster used to be. Um, we have to talk about the walking dead i'm sorry we have to talk about it (gasps) if you haven't finished it just fast forward like three minutes because we're not really spoiling anything but if you don't want to hear we have to talk okay have you watched the walking dead
0: i'm gonna be honest and say no i have not
1: No, she hasn't watched it. She's not a Walking Dead fan. If you watch The Walking Dead, Walking Dead is crazy. It's fandom. People are committed. This show Mm -hmm. is important. It is the Bible.
0: (laughs) Which I love. People need that.
1: We need that in our lives. I get it. And But around season seven, it started to take a dive. I don't know if those writers started doing cocaine or... (laughs) Yeah, probably. I don't know what started happening, but Walking Dead took a little bit of dive. It's over. It's over. Season 11 has just ended like a couple weeks ago. I finally finished it. Um, Okay. You know what The Walking Dead is doing. What is it doing? KJ, (laughs) there are
0: four spinoff shows <laughs> four i knew that there was at least one there was like fear of the walking dead right i yep so fear of the walking
1: dead started like four or like four or five years ago so that's still going so that's i'm really one up to them. date clearly <laughs> yeah but they are gonna start three more spinoffs Of the fucking Walking Dead, which (laughs) I love The Walking Dead. But four shows, it seems a bit much. There's going to be one called Daryl Dixon. There's going to be one called Rick and Michonne. There's going to be one called Dead City and then there's of course fear the walking dead and it's over now but the walking dead even did a short little two season spin off called like walking dead evolutions or something it's over now but jesus
0: christ walking dead <laughs> they they must have money coming out of their ass i mean when you when you get a fandom that is that i mean look at look at game of thrones when you have a fandom that's that dedicated to something yeah you can and and they're bringing in revenue for you yeah you're you don't want to uh, let that go
1: <laughs> four shows just seems like a mistake
0: i mean it's a lot it's that's just, that is a lot
1: it's a, in this economy
0: Girl, I, so, so, like, trying, trying to get in on new shows can be tough. I tend to, y- you know me, I'm either, like, all in on something, or I'm like, how long has that been around? Like, <laughs> do I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm either really, really, really into something, or I'm like, oh, yeah, is that still happening? Like, I, I just... I'm Yeah, but the show, the most recent show that I was just like, I am in it to win it with the show. And I know you just finished it, too, is Wednesday on Netflix, which we do need to talk about for just a moment. So if you have not watched Wednesday yet, you can feel free to skip ahead another three or so minutes (laughs) and we should be (coughs) done talking about it. Um, (laughs) This is the first time we're encouraging people to skip on an episode. Um, But Wednesday, for those of you who are not in the know, is a... Tim Burton production company retelling reimagining of the Wednesday Addams from the from the Addams family story. It's darker, it's more glib, it's more like it's even more sarcastic and like barbie and tongue in cheek than the movies even were cuz the movies were a little more camp. Um Wednesday it was herself very-
1: I was just going to say, it was very Pushing Daisies vibes.
0: Yes. Oh, my goodness. And Pushing Daisies is a show that I would love to go back and rewatch. Um, mm-hmm. Because it has that sort of like, again, everything's being taken seriously, but it's still a comedy. Like, you're still sort of like, yeah. you're on the edge of your seat. And also, it's like charming and funny. Um, and the character Wednesday is a, a really, really interesting because from the very beginning, you know she's flawed. There isn't like a slow coming to terms of like, oh, our main character is not always a good person. It's like, no, you know, from the very beginning, she believes what she believes and she's going to do what she's going to do. And you know that there's a really good chance that you're not going to agree with everything that she does all the time. And I love Mm -hmm. that. I love a main character with some flaws, with some peaks and valleys. Can you give me your general overview of what you thought after finishing the finale? How'd you feel? So... Well first I
1: do want to say and if anybody is with me here I'm with you. I was a little disappointed at first. I loved it. I ended up loving it. Mm-hmm. But I was a little different cuz it it also gives very much like high school drama vibe. Yes. And like and like School for the Gifted. <laughs> Mm -hmm. x-men or harry potter kind of which i love i actually ended up loving it i did but at first i what because at first i thought wednesday was gonna be a little bit more on the sinister side whereas like you've said it's camp it's a little bit more camp which is good i was just i didn't i didn't know that but after finishing it um, I don't know. I just I was into it. I loved it. They obviously are setting us up for a season two, mm-hmm. thank goddess.
0: It won oh, did you great. know that it broke some records? Um it for beat what? Stranger Things for the number of oh. views in the first week.
1: Did it? Because mm-hmm. Stranger Things just felt so iconic. Everyone was talking about it. And it doesn't feel like everyone's talking about Wednesday, but I
0: only have uh, five friends. so <laughs> You have our Discord server at the moment, which <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can relate to. Um, my biggest thing Whereas about the when show... Stranger oh. Things,
1: I was just going to say, when Stranger Things was happening, that was pre-pandemic when it started. So I saw people more often.
0: <laughs> true and also you were, your your job was a little different then uh mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh my my big thing about the show is that if i have a critique of it because i loved it i love the vibe i like the directing i the the performances were stellar um it's really well paced there are moments where it's like it's driving you forward and then there are moments where it's like we're almost moving too slowly so something's gonna happen right it's like it's building you up to a lot of stuff And it did have queer representation. I loved that one of our characters had two moms, which was really sweet and really lovely. Oh, yeah. Um, But I did find that the show needed it needed a little bit more queer. For me, personally, I was a little disappointed it devolved into a straight romance between Wednesday and two boys, very a la The Hunger Games. That Uh kind of style of like, oh, no, a girl who's not used to being in relationships and hasn't really thought about it suddenly has two boys vying for her interest. Like that part, I was like, we could just write that out of the second season and I I don't need it.
1: I know. And Wednesday is a young character. She's mm-hmm. in high school. But I do picture an older Wednesday using sex as a means to an end.
0: <laughs> oh, sure. She well, she kind of I does that a little o- bit. They they hint towards it, right? It's not sex, but she oh, uses. And,
1: and I was actually just specifically meant like when I'm horny, I have sex, satisfy my need, and I move on. Oh, like sure. that is the vibe. I <laughs> Not guess, even for a master she's...
0: plan, just just for. Her. Yep. Yes. Not
1: even talking about manipulating people, which she definitely did. But no, just as like this is what I use relationships for: satisfy a need and then move on. But she's in high school. But I did have to Google that actress and make sure she was older than eighteen. She never gets naked or anything. But I was like, <laughs> she looks. T- she's tiny oh she's a she's small,
0: so tiny and I can as a tiny. tiny human myself I can relate like
1: and she's next to Brienne of Tarth the principal was Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones oh, Yes, and she's like 6'4 so, so you're watching them together and you're like is Wednesday a fairy like what is going on
0: well and if you saw Scream 5 also originally called 5 cream uh because that's what it looks like Gross. on the poster. <laughs> um, it's uh, they replaced the S with a five, so it looked like five cream. Uh, <laughs> five cream
1: I love it. But
0: uh, she played one of the characters in that movie. She plays one of the lead characters in that movie, and she's also the sort of like frail, uh, looking, seeming wafi victim. Un- and until the movie starts going along and then you start seeing her strength, which is very Scream. That's very how Scream films are designed. Um, and her acting is so different in Wednesday because in that movie, she's sort of like... She's, she's timid and really like, uh, so it was bizarre when she got cast in this for a lot of people. And I read some things where they were like, oh, she's not gonna be able to handle this character, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, you watch her on the first, I know. Blah, and then you watch her on the first episode, you're like, oh, everybody just shut up. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down.
1: She did wonderfully. And they made Wednesday at Latina, which is exciting. I don't, well, the, the original, oh, and we have to talk about it. Christina Ricci. She's in it.
0: She's in it. She's She's amazing.
1: Spoiler alert. She lives. So she's going to be in the next one. Mm
0: -hmm. Exactly. She lives. She's not one of the characters that dies. But anyway, I just love her. I, I, I really like genre television like that. And the thing that I enjoyed about it is that, yes, it was about high school. Yes, it kind of had team drama vibes. But where this took me in more so than, say, like, first kill. Did which I really like. I had to stop watching First Kill. I couldn't stand it after the first two episodes. I really started to hate it. Um, the, I think what, what this one had was a multitude of other relationships and other people and other storylines. So it was about Wednesday, but we still got to know other characters and kind of this world. The world building is very Burton. Um, everybody kind of has, you know, these characters after the first two episodes, but there's still more to learn, but there's a, there's you're immersed in the world of the story in a way that frankly, like with first kill and some of the other more like teenage based dramas recently, I'm like, there's no world building here. It's about these two people and their relationship with each other. But like, I don't care about anyone else. Right. Like I'm not invested in the rest of the story. Um, And here, I was just like, what are we going to find out next? I could not wait to find out out what next. So,
1: anyway. Also, yeah. So, Wednesday was amazing. And then, a personal update. (gasps) This is a program of honesty. (gasps) Yesterday, I did cheese laps. (gasps) I cheese lapsed. I had a pizza with cheese on it. And let me tell you... My bowels today are loose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was about to ask um <laughs> how we feeling today?
1: Loose. Uh, we had to shower. We are loose Do
0: you notice Do you notice Personally When you have cheese Like like regular cheese Do you notice A like film Or a sheen On your nose Oil That you don't normally get Oh
1: yeah You feel oily Your heart rate goes
0: up Like I don't I don't make... wanna I don't wanna ruin cheese For people who eat it If you eat cheese That's fine But for some of us Who haven't I eaten do. it For a while That's fine <laughs> but, but for some of for, for For some of us That just haven't had Cheese or dairy For a while it really does, like, it gets in there and it destroys the system. <laughs> it really it
1: does. <laughs> Your bowels are messed up. I usually have a great vegan bowel movement, just wonderful. Per- it comes out smiling. And <laughs> so, anyway, uh it's a good reminder that we're not cheese gals. We're just not cheese gals. We're
0: just, yeah, we're not there. There's, um,
1: there's Mm-mm.
0: my, my big thing is occasionally, I just want Cool Ranch Doritos so badly. And there's only I one know. brand that makes like a vegan version of it that I can find in my area. And it's not always there. And so when I can't find it, sometimes I, I go to Aldi and I get the dollar twenty five bag of like the off-brand Clancy's version of Cool Ranch Doritos. And let me tell you, usually when I'm craving them, I just taught a bunch of classes in a row. At like the JCC or the YMCA, so I'm, I'm salt. I want salt, and I want it now. So that mm-hmm. bag is gone. And then two hours later, still, I'm like, I made such an enormous mistake. <laughs> so I don't. Do that I know anymore.
1: it's just exactly. It's Ugh. just. So we're we're, ba- we're t- today we're having a banana. We're drinking water. <laughs> we're recovering <laughs> from the cheese laps.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay, so. Where today, we're sort of talking about things, not not ending, but like cycles, right? Um, this is the last episode of 2022, which is wild to think that we are about to move into 2023. We are saying goodbye to another Gregorian calendar year. For those of us who celebrate Samhain, the year ended and began on Halloween. So we are actually already in a new year. However, for the Gregorian calendar year, we're moving into New Year's and New Year's Eve in a couple of weeks here. And Mama, you and I have had a ritual for quite a while, and we've kind of been on and off with it the last couple of years, where we just like to take a little stock of the year and figure out where we're going in the next calendar year. What are some things that we're hoping for? What are we dreaming of? What do we want to leave behind? And our tarot card actually gives us a little bit of insight on that today. Today we have the oh. Eight of Wands. And I actually, Whoa. I really, I love the artwork on this one. I believe it is a likeness of Frida Kahlo, um, but sort of oh, like a modernized, okay. if she were alive today. And and she's, she's getting a lot of letters? She's getting and, and sending letters. She's like, she's doing the work, right? She's getting stuff done. Productivity. And... The Eight of Wands... And what is a wand? So the wands are usually like fire, passion, like burning things down that that, that that aren't supposed to be there anymore and also sometimes taking that too far, right? Fire is a beautiful thing. Fire can also be destructive. Um, and the Eight of Wands has to do with progress, but progress that happens suddenly, unexpectedly, and usually is after a lot of hard work, but it's not the culmination of that hard work necessarily paying off. It's a sudden shift in your life that brings those progress, those progressive moments forward. Um, From Cassandra Snow's book, Queer in the Tarot. uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the eight of wands. So, Also,
1: before we begin, we can just, my coffee cup, a present from Val. (gasps) Thank you, Val. Thank you, Val. uh, Says, you're doing great, sweetie. Mm. That's
0: a beautiful reminder.
1: I am doing great.
0: You are doing (laughs) great, sweetie. You take a drink of that there, coffee. Okay. Okay. Read me. So, when we're talking about the deep, uh, quote, when we talk about the deeply personal, though we are not Let me try that again. I did not read that very well. So, quote, when we talk about the deeply personal, though, we are not just talking about how the oppression marginalized people faces shows up in close interpersonal relationships. It's most important to look at how it shows up within ourselves. We hear a lot about internalized misogyny and internalized homophobia. And I know for a fact that there are other isms and hatred that also get turned within. It's a part of the to plus two a two S A plus struggle, um, the part where everything is going right, but we still feel wrong or fight who we are. Right, so that's sort of like the before, that that feeling of like, I know, in a lot of ways who I am, but there's still something inside of me that doesn't allow me to feel that way. It doesn't allow me to feel like who I am is valid, like what I have to offer is valid. So this and is it's when the, she is. Yes, that's the cheese, mama. That's the cheese. So, quote, this is when the Eight of Wands shows up. The Eight would also come up in instances where we're still working to truly embrace our full selves, perhaps suggesting we Mm -hmm. follow our gut into a series of self-discovery-provoking events that helps us fall in love with ourselves all over again. In the mundane, the six and eight of wands don't necessarily warrant queering. Victory or action and quick changes in our jobs, relationships, diets, and so on are still just that. When we look at these cards through a queer lens, though, we see something else entirely. Victory against societal ick. Activity and gain in our personal lives and eventually triumph over those parts of ourselves that don't actually want us to triumph. Thoughts?
1: (gasps) Oh, my God. First, first uh, definition time. Alex, can we get a definition? Uh, what is societal <laughs> ick?
0: So, when, so Cassandra's book is a lot about how society, a lot of the things that queer people feel has more to do with socialization and the society around us than what we naturally internally feel about ourselves, right? It's years and years of buildup of baggage and feeling okay. from it. So, ick, societal ick is just literally ick, ick from society. That's stuff that we kind of feel. Icky about, but really has nothing to do with us. It has to do with what other people are putting on us that we then sure. internalize. So it's like societal festering in a lot of ways.
1: Oh yeah, I am definitely dealing with this, and for me right now, it is fat phobia. Mm. It's internalized fat it phobia. On the mountain, it's all of that because I um. As you know, as we talk about on the pod. <laughs> so, um, I like I like to eat healthy. I like to learn about eating healthy. And I like exercise. I'm doing exercise classes. I like to feel good. I have a lot of chronic pain. And I have depression. So, for me, eating better and exercise is very important. But, um, that doesn't mean... I need to hate my body and I and I I'm I'm going to be program of honesty program mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. honesty mm-hmm. um I do have a lot of internalized fat phobia mm. I see myself in photos and I'm just like that is not the person I feel like I don't feel like that person and then I see myself in a photo and I just think I look gargantuan and I associate a big size with all the things society society thinks fat people are lazy mm. and that um, they're dumb and they're not beautiful and all these horrible things society thinks about fat people I have floating around in my brain. And obviously, obviously whenever we're dealing with an ism, um, it's about anytime those thoughts creep in, it's about recognizing that. We know better. I'm a fat person that exercises. I probably eat more vegetables than any of the thin people I work out with. Like, um, (laughs) (laughs) I am a very healthy person, but I also, I struggle. I don't drink anymore because I have a history of alcoholism. And I think because of that, just like my cheese laps yesterday, I do struggle with uh, binge eating. Mm. Um, (laughs) And, uh so i i I anyway my my point is I see that I need to so one thing I'm working on is loving myself and and exercise not being about weight loss but being about being healthy and health being about lowering my blood pressure and cholesterol, not being about losing weight um so yeah, that's what I'm working on. Twenty twenty three I want to be about. Um, you know, I used to hate and you know what? Labels can suck. So no one has to, you don't have to adopt a label if you don't want to, but I, uh, if you're on a gay dating app, um, and you're large and hairy, <laughs> you'll be called a bear. And I used to hate that, but now I'm just, uh, I want to embrace it. You're of the bear. Bears are cuddly, Winnie the Pooh, you know, just, except for you don't want to fuck Winnie the Pooh. Like, let's not be gross. No. Um... So anyway, that's what I'm working on. That's what I'm thinking about. Loving, big, beautiful bears, poo bear. I know I'm trying to come up with a more queer bear. Bear does sound very masculine. Um, I know. I was thinking uh, mama
0: it? bear, but then I'm like, no, that's what like wine moms call themselves. <laughs> so I know, like, I know. I'm like, this so, isn't quite it either. Uh
1: we're working on it. I don't know. I, I used to think polar bear, but I learned that that's like a white-haired yep, gentleman. Yep. Um, because I I thought polar bear because you know Wisconsin.
0: Well, because we live in the tundra, especially right now.
1: <laughs> do we live in the tundra? Anyway, that's where I'm at. Tell me about your wands. About your Frida Kahlo.
0: Oh my goodness. Um, it's actually really interesting that you brought up fat phobia and like internalized fat phobia because that is something I feel like the the two of us have in very different ways, but also in parallel with each other for many, many, many years, have been kind of navigating. And when we when Junko introduced us to maintenance phase, there was a little bit of that like relearning, unlearning, relearning, that uh-huh. pushback we felt at first of like, but what about eh? you know, like don't don't take that away from me. And then having to realize like some of the things I thought about food and the ways that I prepared meals and the ways that I, um, and, and, and the ways that I just like considered sustenance and nutrients in my life was disordered, very, very disordered and has been for decades now at this point in time in my life and having to come around on that, but pushing the pendulum all the way to the side where like nothing matters and not focusing in on it at all. And now kind of trying to find somewhere in the middle where, I am able to have a more at the very least a more neutral opinion of my body and my shapes and how I move through life, uh, whether positive or negative, you know, some sometimes it's nice to just find like my body is a body, <laughs> right? Like I don't have to necessarily love it all the time, but I'd love to not hate it anymore. That's that's where we're really at. Um, and also recognizing that as somebody who teaches group group exercise, group movement classes, I do sometimes get very self-conscious about the fact that my body doesn't look like every single other trainer I work with sometimes, every single other fitness instructor I work with. And that's not even true. There there are trainers and and fitness instructors of all body types working at both of the organizations I work at. But you hone in on like those two trainers where you're like, but my body doesn't look like that. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't I look like that? And then it's like, is everybody judging me? Because my, like I'm up here leading this class. What do I know? I'm not even thin. You know, like I, I don't. it just, I'm, I'm really, I've been working on that a lot recently. And I have kind of noticed a little bit recently where I'm like, no, um, that has got to go away. And I do, I have got gotten to where I'm like, okay, I'm going to hear you out for a second. And then I got to push that thought out of here. Um, and with food, I'm coming back. You know, I've been I've been messaging, messaging you about this. I'm back on the smoothie train. Um, mm. But as a single smoothie a day, like four days a week, just adding them back in. They're packed with a bunch of foods I love. I like the way oh, they sure. taste. Um, they're mm. filling for at least two hours afterward. But then the moment you get hungry again, you better have a snack. Uh, you better mm. have something nearby. Um, I need a chewing food. uh <laughs>
1: She loves the chewing a food. chewing food, um, maybe a
0: vegan bone broth, Oh yes, a vegan bone broth, which is just mushrooms. Uh, <laughs> a mushroom broth? <laughs> I don't know. um
1: <laughs> you kill a mushroom and you take out its bones takes out its
0: bones and then you boil them um, yes but uh it this this card also like on on the opposite side of that, uh, I have been really, really working on finding that balance between being committed to things and involved in things and working on things without tottering over the edge of feeling like I'm drowning in too many things. And this year, I think I'm finally finding more of the balance. I went, I added too many things back into my life right as things started to reopen again. And I did way too much too fast. And then I had sort of a collapse and I needed to take a step back. And then I was like, well, now I don't have enough going on. I'm kind of and also my finances kind of struggled a little bit so I was like I gotta find a middle and now I think I'm finally just starting to find that middle way with it so it's about like finding the progress in more ways than one for me progress is sometimes learning how to just like chill out a little bit and relax and not feel like I have to be moving and doing and grooving all the time and I think this is the winter where I'm going to be at least better at it not necessarily perfect at it but better at it
1: um well so, what a good card for us today I think that so. was perfect
0: um and the the nice thing about a card like that I think is that as we do like close this chapter of 2022 and move into a new calendar year we talked about I actually just listened to our last ep, our, our 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 very first episode which we called this is not a new year's episode even though it kind of was a new year's episode um that we, we both are kind of in the place where we no longer want to set New Year's resolutions about weight loss. We don't want to set New Year's resolutions in any way, shape or form, really. We want to talk about like manifesting things about which sounds like exactly the same thing because it kind of is. But at the same time, we're trying to talk about spiritual resets, about giving ourselves a chance to sort of turn things around, leave things behind, take a different path. And it does feel good to kind of spiritually reset at a time where literally the calendars and the clocks are all resetting. This made-up version of time that we have is resetting. We're kind of resetting with it. I think there's some beauty there.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I don't feel like I do New Year's resolutions anymore. And that's because I'm always working on something. I'm always setting goals. I'm always trying to do stuff differently. And that's good. I think that's, you know, everybody's different. For some people, goal setting and stuff, maybe that's a trigger for them or not healthy. Um, But for me... It's motivating and so but i'm kind of always doing that so i don't like for me personally anymore i don't like um necessarily to call it a new year's resolution because i'll probably just continue to working on what i'm already working on but like you said kind of do an examination and be like what went well this year what didn't go well um and it's funny because i have changed jobs like once a year for the past three years and uh so now when I do uh like I feel like every time we do a new year's episode or or a new year's evaluation I feel like I'm constantly saying I got a new job and I'm so excited (laughs) it's like (laughs) well you always say that but (laughs) you know what just because I said that in the past doesn't mean it wasn't true. Last year, I got a job in home health, mm-hmm. and home health was a really good adventure. It was a great learning experience for me. Um, I did a lot of direct patient care that I never did before. Um, and so that was very exciting and, I think, really good for me. But I am loving working as a nurse that doesn't do direct patient care. I love it. I really do. Um, And there's a need for it. There's a need for nurses working behind the scenes and uh, doing a lot of chart reading, a lot of calculating of medications and managing people's medications. So there is a need for that type of nursing as well. And so I'm just I'm very excited to have switched. Um, And, uh, yeah, so... um, Anyway, uh, should we reflect on the year?
0: Well, I was just to, just about to jump in because you kind of already jumped in on that. You said, you know, if this this is a time to take stock and sort of like go like go through and decide and think about the things that went well some maybe some things you'd like to leave behind you already talked about one really good reset that you had this year which was changing from home health to this new work from home job which i have to say i was talking to one of my participants who is also a nurse she's actually one of the people who's Helping to organize the nurses' strike that's about to happen here oh, in Minnesota. Okay, yeah. She's she's at she's on one of the leadership boards there. Um, although she's about to go in for surgery, so she was like, um, "Yeah, you can catch me at home, but I won't be at any of the meetings now," uh, which was <laughs> which is nursing speak for "leave me alone." Uh, but uh, she was mentioning she was like, I, "I was telling her about your new job, and her her whole thing was that sounds incredibly boring to me, and I'm so happy somebody wants to do it." Because that's the hey. thing. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, for, for some people, they, they couldn't even imagine that, right? Being at home and calculating those types of things and working from home at a desk sounds like torture to some people. And for other people... Oh,
1: and I love hearing that because it's job security, baby.
0: Exactly. Who's coming for your job, <laughs> mama? Uh, <laughs> but, but I also think that for you, what you needed was the ability to slow down a little bit. So you could focus Uh in on the things you wanted to focus on. And you and I do have different definitions in some ways of what slowing down means because our fast tempo is also different. My fast tempo is out of control. I am Maria Bamford's sister, biting her nails to bloody stumps. Right? That's my pace. And you are <laughs> Maria Bamford a little bit in the situation.
1: Yeah, I like to slow down and lay in bed for a couple of days. You know, don't get out of bed. Maybe just pee in the bed. No, oh, yeah. good times. You know,
0: some sometimes it's too much Reset. work. <laughs> Reset. Reset. <laughs> no, but but at the same time, I think for you, finding the time to enjoy that slow time without feeling like there's all these things that need to be getting done that aren't getting done or like we think need to be getting done that aren't getting done right because sometimes it goes it can go either well, way also
1: you know i'm in my 30s now and i always thought um and Pushing through uncomfortableness and anxiety is good. It's a good skill. But um, I just always thought that's what you needed to do. And so I was constantly nursing school, doing clinicals in the hospital, working directly with patients, just constantly pushing through uncomfortableness, constantly, for me personally, um, pushing through anxiety, Um, just constantly pushing through, got very exhausting. Um, and the pandemic didn't help. (laughs) Right. So, um, I finally came to a place where I'm like, I don't want to have to, obviously at this job, I still have to push through anxiety and push, push through uncomfortableness. You know, there are hard parts to this job for sure. It's not an easy job, but, um, I don't have to, Constantly feel dread and stress all the time, and that oh has been such a weight lifted. I feel exactly.
0: Oh my goodness! And well, it's I it's lost. interesting. Oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, I just was gonna say I lost track of where we we're going.
0: Oh no, no, no. I, I think, <laughs> I think you definitely, you, you, you were still going in a good direction there because, what, what you, you hit on something so important there. There's this attitude in the United States in the Western world blah, 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 however you want to think about it, that we're expected to just keep going even when everything's falling apart. And the reality is, is that we're not really designed that way. We have very specific built-in biological mechanisms that tell us, no, stop doing that when it's too much. That's what the problem is, is that we're constantly in that state now, all the time. And there's different, different schools of thought, back and forth, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, is that most of us could stand to say, that's too much for me right now a little bit more often. I think. I think most of us could stand to be that way a little more often than we have, were trained that we were allowed to be. We were. Remember Starbucks? Do you remember Starbucks? Do you do you remember the siren where we were basically expected? Like <sighs> oh. if you came in having a bad day, you better get that smile screwed on your face, have a shot of espresso, and just push Eat, it down. You know? Like <laughs> get on that drive through.
1: Oh. Also, I remember when. And, and this is like living, like we got to pay people a living wage. Come mm. on. Those are important jobs. You know, um, if if we're comparing and thinking, if we're thinking being a doctor is everything and doctors are very important and there's a shortage. So please become yeah. a doctor. But <laughs> um, But if you're thinking like being a doctor is like great and that being a barista is like low level Um, just know that doctors go to Starbucks and doctors want coffee like every job is important and everyone should be able to live doing that job and so i just remember being at starbucks and a big raise Rays was coming through everyone's talking we're getting a raise we're getting a raise we can buy pantyhose for everybody for everyone now <laughs> um that was maria bamford re- reference we love her um but uh, uh anyway i we got the raise it was 25 cents exactly I was so It's my, like my ugh. boss my boss was so excited. She hyped it up. And it was 25 cents.
0: And, and mean, this
1: wasn't in, like, the uh, 1800s, folks.
0: <laughs> no, it wasn't. 0. 0.25. Let's, let's, let's just do a little back of the napkin map. Or uh, map, okay. okay? So 25 cents, 0. 0.25. Let's say you're working an average of, like, 28 hours a week so that they don't have to give you full-time benefits. So you're working about 28 hours a week. <laughs> that is seven extra dollars a week times 52 weeks is 364 more dollars a year. I am fucking pre-tax. sorry. Pre-tax.
1: Come on. And now. that's pre-tax, so you're probably seeing like what 280, 250 of that. Yeah. I don't even know, but So
0: anyway, this is not we already complained about about the jobs we used to have and how they should be better for people now. We've already done that. That was also something we did this year. Um, taking stock. Taking stock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think what 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 you're getting at in a lot of ways is that like people we we expect these jobs to get done. We expect people to be working in all these places that we get services. And then when we dare to suggest that somebody get paid more, you know, we're we're being we're, we're labeled as like radical for that or like how who, who's supposed to pay for that how's how that's supposed to happen i'm like i don't know maybe the ceo shouldn't be making 1.5 million dollars a year i don't know that could probably help and then getting um,
1: another billion million not billion but million dollar in bonuses exactly exactly
0: and like so those are that that is one thing if, if we're going to take stock of the year um 2021 i really really started to like um fall entirely out of love with capitalism. Not that we were ever in love. We were always in an abusive relationship, but now I'm really distancing myself from like ever. I'm not, I don't even, I I don't even want to defend my ex ever again. They're garbage. The trash. No, it's like, like 2022 was the year where I was just like, no, watching the way that the world has not only shifted since the pandemic hit, but also just the light that got shown on all these things that were already happening. They just weren't in the public the, the public mind, the public view, so it was hard for us to know. Seeing the ways that the world work has made me, A, much more anxious, which we're working on, and then also, B, much more frustrated with the way that the world operates, which we're also working on, but that frustration has led to more action in ways that I can actually like get involved, and that's why underneath every episode, we have our list of websites that you can go to to either donate or figure out places that you can go to get involved in your local community because we want to make sure that people have an option, a vehicle to be involved in the world around them in some way, shape or form. And that doesn't have to be huge. You don't have to be out marching every single day. You don't have to be donating 75% of every single one of your paychecks because who in our tax bracket can afford that? Um... But what we can do is just little tiny things every day or every week or even every month, whatever you can handle, to make sure that you're giving something back to someone who doesn't have it or finding ways to be involved and just recognizing that those small acts do matter and that even if you're not doing a huge gesture all the time, it's okay. You don't have to feel like everybody's watching you under a microscope. And I'm saying you as me right now. I'm talking to me. Um, Might be talking to you or all of you. But not not being not not fighting the good fight in a very outward vocal way. Every single moment of every single day is okay. That's totally fine. And just recognizing that and being able to move forward was a huge part of letting go this year. But it took me all year. (laughs) It took me all year to find ways to let that go. Um, And uh, speaking of letting go, what's something you feel (sighs) like you've let go of? this year something that maybe or that you would like to leave behind in 2022 oh um i threw you for a loop you know i I was just
1: i was soaking yeah i was just soaking up what you were saying totally agreeing and it's okay for our lives to ebb and flow you know what i mean i used to be a lot more involved in face-to-face like activism and like Going to government organizations and doing safe space trainings and like just I used to be a lot more active and um, because of school and trying to get a more, well, just a better paying job yeah. that kind of fell by the wayside. And so it's OK for life to ebb and flow. I want to do more volunteering, activism, giving back for sure. um. And the pandemic didn't help, and I think that's one thing we all need to forgive—forgive forgive ourselves for. If you're beating yourself up a little bit, is that uh, this pandemic was unprecedented and totally life-changing, and it's still happening. It's not over. Exactly. Um, there are no more rules about it. I mean, you can literally go to the grocery store with COVID and no one cares. Mm. Um, but, and people are, like, right now, like, we we talked about this before, but uh, RSV, flu, and COVID are all spiking. It's yep. very... So please wear a mask, not just for COVID, just for everything right now, because um, right now is not a great time to be clogging up the ER. That being said, if you're sick, please go. Anyway, (laughs) um, uh, to forgive ourselves if we've um, gotten a little bit more sedentary or gotten more depressed, more anxious, gotten anything, whatever happened to forgive yourself a little bit. Cause I definitely do feel a little bit like I used to do so much more. I used to work with a queer youth group. I used to do a lot more and I don't anymore. Uh, And I, and I can get back to that. You know, it doesn't all have to, um, anyway, that, that was my thought. So maybe that's it. Just the letting go of, uh, Just trying to have more useful energy, you know. Uh, It's okay to feel guilty, but then just, like, acknowledge that feeling (laughs) and turn it into something useful. I feel guilty that, um, you know, that abortion is now illegal in places and I haven't done any face-to-face activism about it. Uh, Just acknowledge that and like uh and now try to do something productive maybe donate to an organization find out what's going on locally um things like that because uh that's still a huge issue and um i don't know how much i'm hearing about it in the news right now you yeah. know
0: i i think what what one of the things i'm hearing to kind of like bring all those things together is that maybe something we could collectively think about leaving behind a little bit in 2022 is the sense that I'm not doing enough therefore I'm a bad person because I think if you're if you're already thinking about ways that you could be doing more that is a huge step ahead of so many other people in a lot of ways and what maybe might what might be holding you back is this like paralyzing fear that you're not doing enough and therefore you can't bring yourself to do anything um that's partially built 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 on my own experience and also allowing yourself that space to know that hey this was a huge thing that 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 happened to all of us over the last couple years we're all kind of still picking up the pieces a little bit and we're not done you know it's not over that not only is it okay that maybe things change for you a little bit but also there's no reason that you can't find a way to get back some of what you feel like you want back from your life. There are ways to get involved. And again, that's why I post them, because I want to make sure that you know that sometimes all it is is just like a Google search or like a click of a link away to just like donate a little bit of money, donate a little bit of time, find an event. Um, and also, if that's just not fitting into your life right now, there are also other ways. Like, that's the thing. We're all just trying our best. And recognizing the ways that people are trying their best is important. And um, finding middle ground when you don't completely agree with someone is also super important. However, if at this point in time you are still voting for Trump-backed uh, <laughs> candidates, I'm not so sure we're finding middle ground anymore. And that's the next thing that I'm leaving behind. I am no longer arguing with people who are just there to make me mad. Because they're, because we're not, we're not talking to each other. We're not having a real back and forth. If I come into something with good faith and I recognize you're not coming into it with good faith, we're done. I'm not having this conversation with you right now. We can talk about it again when you're ready to act like an adult, perhaps, if that ever happens. That's something I'd like to leave behind. I'm not giving up on everybody, but there's a few people that I have purposely given up on in the last couple of weeks slash months that I am no longer interested in meeting halfway because I'm actually meeting them 95% of the way. It's not halfway, so
1: exactly for sure and on a on a more global or national scale to i think also realize that i think the republican trump crazies are the minority so like you said don't feel like we have to convince trumpers (laughs) we don't they're lost cause throw them away we 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 can convince the more moderates like and honestly the the moderate liberals.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um the more normy liberals.
1: Exactly. Like to focus energy there. Uh Trumpers are long gone. I don't know. It's just anyway, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole. No. Ron Johnson did get I, I even debated whether uh, or
0: not I wanted to bring it up. But
1: <laughs> But no, it's important because politics is always and it's how things get changed, and it is very important. So it'll always be a topic on our minds, but to like you, to not drown in it.
0: Yeah, and to find a softer approach with the people who are maybe trying to understand but just aren't getting it yet. Or
1: Exactly. When you're hitting people with your car, to like— Maybe do it at five miles an hour.
0: Exactly. We don't have to go barreling into people a hundred miles an hour. Um, I know you meant it literally. I tried to make it an analogy. Uh (laughs) (laughs) No, you're dead. (laughs) You're dead. (laughs) Um, also, um, one thing I'd like to bring back in 2023 is when we introduce ourselves at the beginning of the podcast. Hello, my name is KJ. My pronouns are they, them. I, uh, I feel like we kind of got off of that. And, um, And it's because it's implicit with the two of us. We know. We know. But, uh, hi, I'm KJ. My pronouns are they, them, and... And I'm
1: Shim Sham, and my pronouns are... He, he, him, that's good. I go by they, them as well. But um, I know, anyway, pronouns, that's a good, yeah, let's bring the pronouns back. And I know for me personally, sometimes pronouns can be a tough one for me because I feel like I have to make a decision. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm totally fine with he, him. I'm fine with she, her. I'm fine with they, them. Um, so I always struggle with what to say. Um so he they, I'll do that. Yeah. He they,
0: perfect. I do, I do like. I I liked what you said. I think the first time we we ever recorded, you said any pronoun said with love, which I do appreciate. I think there's a there's there's room for that kind of a of a of of an identity. Obviously, um, for myself personally, I actually like. You and I, it's it's she, her back and forth a lot of the time. And that's sort of a holdover mm-hmm. from a different part of our lives when we identified more as, quote-unquote, like, gay instead of queer, I think. Um, and, like, cultural nomenclature. That, that was a part of some of the people we were hanging around.
1: And also... Also, I... I love she her pronouns just because it feels very much like a sisterhood. Yeah, feels very much. I just I've I've always liked she her pronouns, it, uh, just because I've always more identified with women emotionally.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> for myself personally, I do find that they them works best, and I've re re reified this with my uh, therapist recently uh, that. The reason that they feel most correct for me is because I literally don't identify with either side of the spectrum. Um, if we're talking about like one side or the other, hard, hard one side, hard other side, that's just never been me. Gender queer, gender fluid fits really perfectly for me. Trans non binary is what I say when people look at me funny when I say gender queer, or gender fluid, because that's a whole nother kettle of fish <laughs> having to uh, explain those. Trans non binary people understand better, I think. Um, A lot of the times, if at least when you when you say the word trans, you make the more normie, moderate liberals in your life. They get a little bit tongue tied because they're like, oh, I don't want to. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't want to do it wrong. And I think that's beautiful and wonderful. But I am um, I'm working with uh, older adult populations more now than I was before. And one thing I'm bringing into 2023 is um, the courage and the. Oh, the courage and also the like assertive energy to correct people when they misgender me, especially when it's happened three times in the last 30 seconds. That's once every 10 seconds Um, because uh, I'm becoming much more confident in my identity and I feel very strongly that I'm not I'm both and neither and everything in between all at the same time. You could never dream of understanding my identity. And that's fine. Uh -uh. That's fine. Your, your, your brain doesn't have to understand it to be respectful of it. That's the biggest thing. You don't have to understand something to respect it. Um, I don't understand a lot of religious devotion, but I respect the fact that you have that as long as you're not doing it to hurt anybody else. Right? Like, I don't, I don't care. You can have your beliefs. That is wonderful. And that's fine. I don't have to understand everything that you believe in order to respect the fact that they're yours again if you're using it to harm other people then we have a problem and i do have something to say um theocracy is in any form need to go away that's my stance uh but anyway we're gonna get ourselves i know
1: i think that's beautiful to uh kj you have been uh you you came out 2020
0: 2020 was when i officially started to come out yes
1: yeah, KJ came out as non-binary in 2020, and they've been work uh, slowly, uh, just becoming more and more confident and empowered in that identity. And so, I just want to say that I love you, and I'm so proud of you and impressed, um, because that is a hard thing to do. It is a very hard thing to do. I know for me personally, we all deal with it differently, and I know for me, me personally, um. I I deal with it better by not correcting people because um, it would be constant. I work with people sixty five plus. Um, I live in a smaller area. It would be constant, and it always would be a big dialogue.
0: That's true. And I
1: don't have that in me all the time. No. And so, um, and I just want everyone to feel empowered with how you deal with. Uh, being misgendered mm-hmm. is correct for you. Yep. You know, if you are feeling empowered and saying, no, I can correct people and tell them my pronouns and that will help them... Um, That will help them learn to use my pronouns. And I think that's awesome. And if you feel like in your profession that it would just be constant and too much, I want to empower you and say that's also okay for you. Absolutely. Um, Don't stand quiet if it happens to someone else. If I work with someone who has they-them pronouns and they um, want to be called they-them, I will stand up there. I'm not saying be silent no. and <laughs> cower. But, but I'm saying, like, for me personally, I am okay with he, him pronouns. And so at work, um, when people use those, that is fine for me. Um, for sure. I also work at home now, so it's all on the phone. Which is funny, because then I get called ma'am I was going to say, you get she <laughs>
0: heard and madam a lot, don't you? Because so do I. And.
1: And that's okay. That's totally fine. Um, And it's just so funny because the older generation, it's questions very much like, do you have a wife? Do you have kids? And it's just gender is so... Sorry, we'll come back to the topic of the new year. But for the older generation, gender is so intrinsic to their worldview. Um, Honestly, I don't... I personally don't think all older people are capable of understanding non-binary identity. I don't know um, if they
0: are either. I will say, however, that by not pushing them to try, we won't know. So that's where 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 I'm coming from because I'm in a very different place. In terms of where I'm working with them, I'm working with them in a group exercise setting, in a group movement setting. They've left the house. They're out in a social setting, which means that where I'm I'm in a place right now where I can be like, this is a good learning opportunity for us. And if you're trying and putting in any kind of good faith, that's fine. It's, it's if they're doing it to purposely be disrespectful that I do have a right to be like, uh-uh, we're not doing that anymore. You can come back to my class when you're ready to be respectful. Like
1: And you funny. always have a right to correct people. Oh, absolutely. I just so I hope that's not the vibe. No, I no, say. no, no, no. I'm no. just saying
0: you yeah. you you were not saying that at all. Um I think what what I'm getting at is that um I think people assume the elderly population or the older adult population is incapable of learning of new things. And part of it is there is actually cognitive reasons why grasping new concepts is so hard once you reach a certain age. And yet there are also a lot of people of that age who actually surprise you and are totally on board with learning and trying to learn something new. And we won't know until we put in some effort. And I'm talking more meta here, less like you on the phone with your patients and me in front of my class, like more meta as a generation. I think we have have to be more willing to believe that they can try to learn something new and that more of them are okay with it with learning. And there
1: are a lot of greater uh great there are a lot of great older uh allies to the trans and non binary. I like greater where like you're like,
0: they're better. If they're better at it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: there are a lot of
1: great older so no I'm yeah. I'm talking more just as someone who for the past 2 years now <laughs> has worked almost exclusively with the 65 plus population. <sighs> I just have met so many people where I'm like I won't even try.
0: <laughs> no, and and that and that's the thing like you have to like like you were saying before you have to assess in that moment how worth it is this conversation <laughs> to the the ends that I'm trying to meet right now, right? Like so if any If any
1: of our 65 plus listeners are yelling at me right now, saying, I'm an ally and I use they them pronouns. I'm so sorry that I didn't include you. Um, Get a younger family member to write in. (laughs) I'm talking about Ethel, who lives at Assisted Living, and she just can't do it. No. She's great. She's great. But she can't. She thinks I'll come around and find a nice gal someday. (laughs)
0: We're also working with Ethel on like memory recollection. So learning new memories is not ultimately going to help in this case, right? No, that's
1: Ethel. Not. Ethel also <laughs> can't take Tylenol correctly. She's trying, but she can't. So
0: hard. Um. By the way, Ethel was a placeholder name because HIPAA. Um. <laughs> exactly. There's no Ethel. She's dead. You. <laughs> But what I what I appreciate about even just like the, the the conversation we just had is that there is no one right way to do this ever. And we're all going to feel really strongly about it because it's also so wrapped up in who we already are and who we're trying mm-hmm. so hard to be. So if you're somebody who's feeling really like, I wish I knew better how to like say something when I hear it, feel free to write in. We would love to start a dialogue with you. And also we might do a whole episode on that uh, in 2023. I'd like to actually do some more, not necessarily educational episodes, but maybe informative episodes occasionally. This, this and it would year.
1: be great to have an older person on the pod.
0: I would love that. I would love that so that much. That would
1: be amazing. So that would be really cool. To t- because we are t- uh, speaking um, about identities that don't fit us yet
0: absolutely like like we're not we're not older adults yet right we are we are firmly square in our like early to mid adulthood right now that's where we're we in.
1: are firmly babies so youthful so
0: just like so smooth there's so not a wrinkle smooth
1: on the and taught just
0: taught as hell oh my goodness well you know taut taught in the tongue. More so than anything else. The jaw. Nice, nice tight jaw. Maybe, maybe the Um, shoulders a little bit.
1: We loved a show called Coupling. And uh, what what was her name? She was like, I have crepe neck. Susan. No, no, no. No, no. Sally. 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 She's like, I have a crape neck. And then one episode she gets drunk and she looks at a mirror and she goes,
0: I hate that painting. <laughs> and it's just her, but she thinks she's looking at the scream.
1: <laughs> oh, beautiful. Oh, Sorry. Goodness. Okay. No, no, no. I Tangent.
0: Love that. So to just kind of start bringing us in for a nice soft landing here.
1: Bringing what, us in.
0: What are some of the hopes for 2023? Our, what are some our biggest
1: you hope message. For? Our biggest message is... You're doing great sweetie. You're doing great sweetie. You're, you're doing great you're doing sweetie. Great. Um exactly. I hope 2023 um I hope for me personally that I'm able to just balance. I'm hearing a lot of balance just like uh don't feel guilt and then to uh not sit in guilt and anxiety yeah. but to um and to acknowledge that's one big thing i'm learning is acknowledge all feelings they and to when you're having um you know any type of ism thought fat phobia racism sexism um in internalized homophobia, transphobia. Because we all have it. And if we pretend that queer people don't have those internalized isms, we're lying. We're
0: lying. Uh, we were all raised <laughs> in the same you know,
1: soup. <laughs> exactly. Just like Will and Grace, if you ever rewatch that show. Lots of homophobic and sexist humor. And it's and they're jokes. They were meant as jokes. But um, you kind of watch it now and you think a lot of the humor derived from the fact that will's a man but he acts like a lady sometimes
0: (laughs) i know i was just having that conversation with with uh with someone where i was like acknowledging how something maybe wouldn't work today doesn't take away from the thing that you loved it actually makes it better for you to be like it's fine to recognize that the thing that i loved wasn't perfect that's okay friends was not a very good show in a lot of ways but you can still love it you can love it for a lot of reasons. It was it was wonderful and amazing at the time, and was kind of kind of forward thinking in a lot of ways.
1: Like, oh, I know, but fat Monica, oh, can don't
0: even, no, 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 no. That's a whole episode mm. in and of itself. We could do a whole episode it about really fat is. suits. Okay,
1: <sighs> so move it back to so when you have those ism thoughts, to recognize it and recognize that's not true. It's social ick. It's
0: social ick, oh, Cassandra.
1: <laughs> Thank they you know for that term. They know it's social
0: act. Oh my goodness! Well, and to, to yeah, to that point. And what about you? Yeah, tell me, tell me. Yeah, to, to 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 that point. I think what what I love most about what you just said is that like we are all recognizing that we're all going through it in a lot of ways, in our own ways, but also in very similar parallel universes to each other, and we all live and grow and love and die and all of those things. All right around each other in a community. And my big thing for 2023, my hope, is the work that I did in 2022 to make connections with people, maybe people I wasn't connected with before for a number of different reasons, maybe out of fear, maybe out of discomfort with my identity versus their identity. I'm starting to bridge some of those gaps in my life and in my my relationships with people in my community. And I want more of that for 2023. That's my hope. The foundation I laid this year, we can actually build something on top of that. Um, I finished a lot of really big projects. I finished rec- creating the demo album for my very first musical that I'm hoping to do something with next year. And it's all about queer people. So getting getting more opportunities for, for, for queer people of all walks would be wonderful. I did my first uh, I I bought a sound system and did a gig. For my my the first time I was at the helm of creating like a, an entire show, um, that went really really well. And I want to do more of that by also bringing other people in. It's not just mine. I want to do it with other people. So community, community, and balance, and building on top of solid foundations that I've built. Those are my twenty twenty three dreams.
1: Oh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it.
0: Oh, and for the last time this year.
1: <laughs> oh, Slancha.
0: Slancha. Oh my goodness. Mm. You are doing great, sweetie. You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> sweetie. You're doing great, and Just keep doing it. And have a great rest You're of the year, everybody. Bye.